You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hi, everyone. It's Sophia. Welcome to Work in Progress. Hello, my friends in progress. Today is a very special day on this podcast. Someone that I look up to so tremendously who who is larger than life and so inspirational is taking time out of her day today to be here with us. Today's guest is Jane Fonda. You guys, Jane Fonda is an icon from her numerous Academy Award nominations and wins, by the way, to her incredibly acclaimed career as an actor, a film and television producer. She even revolutionized the fitness industry. I mean, hello, Jane Fonda's workout in 1982. You guys, this woman has done it all as a performer and as a leader, and most impressively to me, as an incredible activist. Jane has used the privilege of her platform to stand up for other people for her whole life as an anti-war activist during the Vietnam War, publicly launching into anti-war work during the Vietnam era. Jane decided to travel the world and learn from people, whether they were Green Berets, indigenous leaders, women on the forefront of feminist movements for equity and equality, And now, for so many years, Jane has been leading on climate. As young climate activist Greta Thunberg said, our house is on fire and we need to act like it. 
Jane was so inspired by Greta, by Reverend Barber's Moral Mondays, and by Randall Robinson's anti-apartheid protests, she took all of that inspiration and launched Fire Drill Fridays in collaboration with Greenpeace in 2019. She started in Washington, D.C. with a series of peaceful actions and brought together frontline activists, youth leaders, indigenous leaders, climate experts, celebrities and activists and lovers of the planet to demand that our elected leaders act on the climate emergency. Since its inception, her movement to fight the global climate disaster has inspired millions of people to participate in nonviolent direct action and counted more than 12 million viewers joining virtually during the pandemic. Jane has inspired people around the world. And as we launch into an election year, she is here to talk to us about what matters for the nation, what matters for the planet, and for our fellow Californians, what matters to us here in our home state. So let's dive in and learn from the icon herself. So many things I want to ask you about, you know, there's there's such a tremendous amount of work you do outside of, you know, the work that you became known for as being such an incredible performer and, you know, an award-winning actor and, and your activism has always been such a part of your identity. You've always spent the privilege of your platform to try to support people and in recent years, you know, you and I have really been able to spend some time together working on activism around the climate crisis. And there's just, there's so much that you do, you know, as the woman you are and with your pack and the way that you inspire all of us. But before we get to where we find ourselves today, I like to go back really to the beginning with people and, and learn about where you come from. Because I'm always very curious if if now, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. if when you look back at your life, even into your childhood, you see the through line of this woman who was always going to lead. Do you see her in, in yourself at, you know, eight or nine or 10 years old? You know, I guess, Sophia, what, what really matters and it's harder to remember is the one, two, three, four-year-olds you know the really early stuff, but um, mm. yeah. As I was as I was approaching sixty, which I considered my my last act, I kind of divided my my life into the first thirty years, first act, second mm. years, and then the last act, starting at sixty. I I kind of I I became very concerned because whew, this is the last act. Last acts are important. How am I supposed to navigate this? What should I do in this final act? And it occurred to me, and it really when I was 59, looking at the next year that was going to raise the curtain on my final act, um, I thought, I just feel that in order to know where I have to go, I've got to know where I've been. And I began to research myself. And what I found, you mm -hmm. know, I, I spent a lot of time, literally like I was somebody else, objectively researching this person. Um one of the things that I hadn't really realized is that I'm brave and I've been brave always from the very beginning. You know, wow. it's it's very the idea of resilience I I find very interesting because you can have a siblings born almost at the same, you know, in the same year or two of same parents 
and one will be resilient and the other won't. It's mm. very mysterious. I don't, I'm not sure that resilience is something you can learn or teach yourself. I I think you, you're kind of born with it. And when I thought back on it, what I when I realized I was resilient is my my childhood was very privileged in terms of having all the material things that I wanted and everything. But my mother um suffered from mental illness and my father was away a lot. And mm-hmm. uh like all resilient children, I was able to, like a radar, scan the horizon for any sign of a living being that could love me or teach me something. And mm. I would glom on to them and and they would and get love. Um, a, a non-resilient child could be surrounded by love and not able to uh, metabolize it, not realize that they can take it in and, you know, and take it into their body. And so I was always resilient and brave. It's interesting to hear you talk about your acts in the way that you frame them. And this idea of resilience, I love that you can see it into your childhood. And I think what's been really interesting for me is the shift into 40 has been, it has been a shift into resiliency, I think, because I I really am finally starting to learn um, what I want and what I deserve. And that feels like a big, a big shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I that, love hearing that 50 is so fabulous. I can't wait. Well, you know, I, I wrote a book <laughs> called Primetime about aging because, mm-hmm. you know, what anything that frightens me, I try to make my best friend. I try mm. to know as much as I can about it and put my, and strangled it to death with love. What scares me and aging scares me. And when I was in my 40s, I, I wrote a book called Women Coming of Age. I, d- I hadn't even entered menopause yet, but I, I wanted to understand as much as I could before. And then so in my 70s, I wrote a book called Primetime, which is really good. And writing that book, I did some research and I found out because I thought, you know, our our historic view of aging is you're born, you peak at midlife, and then mm. you decline into decrepitude, Right. And my experience wasn't like that at all. It was like my earlier life was not so good. And I feel mm-hmm. like I've been on an upward trajectory. It's more like a staircase rather than an arch. Mm. And, and then my research showed me that there's been a really important longitudinal study of hundreds of thousands of people, all races, men, women, divorced, married, that showed that over 50 in general, people tend to feel a sense of well-being more. They mm-hmm. they are more able to to view things from another person's point of view. They don't make mountains out of molehills. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that is also assuming relative good health. Yes, which not everybody can assume. But it made me realize, oh, it's not just me. Aging, you know, life gets strangely easier assuming health. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And what an amazing perspective, I think, to be able to really look at not only your own life and your resiliency, but to your point, to understand where your privilege is, to understand, you know, how to help spend it for others. You mentioned that, you know, when you were young, things were complex. You had a mother who struggled with mental illness. Your father was you know, and a wonderful actor. You grew up around the business, but as we know, being an actor means you have to leave your life and your family all the time. Was 
was it natural for you to pursue a career as a performer or did you have hesitations about it because you knew the inside baseball of how hard it could be? Oh, I didn't want to be an actor because my dad, you know, when he'd come home from work, he never brought joy. There was always a, it was always a problem, mm-hmm. always trouble at work. I mean, it's mm. a, I never got the sense that this is a profession that could bring you joy. And plus, I didn't have confidence, and my dad thought I was fat, so I thought I was fat. And all those things which mm. put a big distance between me and the profession of acting. But then in my, in my late teens and early 20s, well, I had to get a job because my stepmother didn't want me living at home, and I became a secretary. I got fired. I mean, I didn't know. I just didn't. I didn't know what to do. Mm. And then I met Lee Strasberg's daughter, um, Susan Strasberg, and she said, "Well, why don't you uh, s- talk to my dad about being in his classes?" And he interviewed me, and he took me into his classes, and wow. And- and he said that I was talented. And so that's what kind of got me interested in, in acting. But um, it was just because I didn't know what else to do, frankly. I was, I'm was i not one of those people who, you know, dressed up and put on performances for her family and all that kind of thing. I just, I never dreamed. I never mm-hmm. assumed. Everything that's happened in my life is beyond my wildest assumption when I was little. If you had told me that at my age now, I'd still be, you know, working and everything like I am today. I I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> and so this is just all a big surprise and a cherry on the cake. It's incredible. What, one of the things that I'm proud about my life is that I very intentionally tried to grow. I didn't mm-hmm. like myself. I wanted to change. And so I went about doing it. When I when I want to do something, I I just go about it mm-hmm. 100%. And, and that's allowed me to, um, you know, to develop what wasn't naturally mine. And I'm very proud of that. And now for our sponsors. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. I mean, you've got Oscars on the shelf. You've got social movements you've helped to lead. You have this beautiful, accomplished career. And to your point, you're still working. And, you know, I I just watched this interview that you and Lily Tomlin did together. You're just razzing each other, you know, and you're the humor and the way that you two play as these friends who, you know, play best friends on TV. I'm obsessed with you both. And I, and I love hearing you frame it that way, that you're going to go for it 100% and make it yours. Because it, my brain is going, well, of course, everything I've ever seen you do, you've done incredibly. And I think it's why so many of us look up to you in the way we do and are so enamored with you and you know i pinch myself like we meet up to talk about how we're going to fix something or work on something and i'm like what am again the kid in me who went to theater school and studied journalism is like yeah i'm just here spending my day with jane fonda what like this is wild it really is wild and and i have to just say thank you for the way that you've welcomed so many of us in and said hey we're in this together how did you begin because people ask me sometimes, they'll say, well, you're an actor, but you're so political. And why do you feel motivated that way? And are you ever scared it's going to ding your career? And I'm always like, look at Jane Fonda. How, how do you feel like you had the courage as a young woman succeeding in our industry, uh, you know, which does often tell you to stay quiet and you know, be mysterious so you can be taken as a character. How did you have the confidence to step out and say, I 
I want to defend the world. I don't just want to tell stories about it. I really want to stand up for it. When, when was that shift for you? Well, it was not early in, in my life. It was in my 30s. I was pregnant. And do you have, have you had children? No, not yet. When, when a woman is pregnant, she's, she's like a sponge. Just learn. It's a great learning opportunity and a teaching opportunity. She just, everything affects her, everything mm-hmm. incoming. Well, I was pregnant in 1968. Everything happened in 1968, all over the world. And I lived in France mm. and I was pregnant when the Tet Offensive happened. And I saw that on French television, which showed more than American television did. Wow. I met some soldiers who had deserted from Vietnam. They were war resistors and they were in Paris looking for compatriots to help them find doctors, dentists, clothing. You know, they were mm. American working class guys who, who needed support. And and they contacted me. They somebody gave them my number, and I met with them. And I asked them about the war, which at that point I had done. I didn't really understand it, and I assumed that if we were fighting there, that it was okay. Hmm. I was naive and uninvolved, and and I was thirty. Uh, and they talked about the war and what was going on, and they told me about the things that they'd witnessed, which were horrifying, and mm-hmm. I didn't believe it. And they gave me a book by Jonathan Shell called The Village of Ben Sook, and I, it's a small book, and when I finished it, that was it, my life. I realized that I had totally not understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. I totally wanted to join the anti-war movement that I had been watching on television, and I did. And that was that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know you owe. Once mm-hmm. I understood, then I felt that I had to do something about it. Mm. So I, because it was soldiers that turned me on to what was happening. When I returned to the United States, I was, I became involved in the GI movement. It was active duty servicemen who were opposed to the war and they, they had civilian supporters. And, um, but what really affected me, Sophia, was the women that I met, the activists, the seasoned mm-hmm. activists that I met who were supporting the GI movement. Um, I remember one outside of Fort Hood in Colleen, Texas. She really saw me. She really heard. She was she she asked me how I felt about like you know, they would send me onto the base with leaflets announcing a rally we were going to have. I would lead the rally. Things like, are you comfortable? She she didn't, I never felt used. Mm-hmm. She wasn't opportunistic. I mean, it was weird in those days because Barbarella had just come out and I would go, I would be invited to speak at a theater and, I, and the headline would be, hear Barbarella speak. <laughs> <sighs> but the, the women tr- were... Totally. They weren't competitive. They didn't treat me like a celebrity. Being with these women was like looking through a keyhole at the future that we were fighting for. Mm. And it was like a whole new world opened up to me of people with totally different values. Uh, I mean, my dad had great values. 
shows in many of his movies. But he was older and he, you know, he was, he could not have been an activist. It wasn't in his DNA. Hmm. But these people really changed me. These women specifically changed, mm-hmm. changed me a lot and sent me on a path to try to become a different kind of person. And, hmm. and then when the controversy started hitting, um, part of it, Sophia, was I was viewed as, which is true, a privileged white, you know, celebrity daughter of all that stuff. You know, she'll she, she'll be a, a wuss, push her a little, criticize, give her some shit, mm-hmm. and she'll collapse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, just try me, try me. Yes, you think I'm an easy push? Okay, I'll show mm-hmm. you. And I just it was two things that kept me going despite the incredible controversy, which really was very intense and very hateful, mm-hmm. and not totally undeserved. I um, I was determined to show them that I wasn't some privileged softy. Number two, I was part of a movement. I was mm-hmm. not alone. And mm-hmm. that's what really matters. And it's what's beautiful about being an activist is you come into community with people who share your values. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'd spent so much of my life having to, you know, being with people who I had to look perfect always. I had to be very thin, to be very blonde. I had to be very sexy. I had to do mm-hmm. all. And so it's like all of what was interesting about me moved out and lived alongside in a shadow world that was the more interesting stuff was over there. And I was, you know, a fairly boring, conventional, pretty girl that would do whatever the guy wanted. Mm-hmm. And leaving that behind uh, was a, a joy. Yes. Being an activist became a joy. Yes. Because you don't have to perform for the approval of others. You can actually f- use your passion to stand alongside other people. Yeah. Changes, it just, it does really change your life. I'm curious because, you know, it was the anti war movement that brought you into these circles that illuminated so much for you. And, what brought me into activist circles was actually climate change and pulling on that thread when you start to realize everything is connected. And for me as a young woman, it was climate change led me to the issues of women and girls around the world and education and, you know, disparities that happen with, with the isms, whether it be, you know, racism or homophobia or sexism. And, and you, as you said, once you know, you owe, when you see how connected all these issues are, you can never unsee. How did the anti-war space bring you into climate defense and environmentalism? I spent my childhood, my first decade at the in the ocean, mm-hmm. the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the ocean. And I grew up in 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 the hills above Brentwood, the Santa Monica Mountains, looking out over the ocean and seeing Catalina. There was no smog. There mm. were no freeways. Anyway, long story short, I, I've always cared about nature. I've always felt most comfortable in nature. I've always sought mm-hmm. nature whenever I needed answers. Um, I like being 14,000 feet up, etc. So the anti-war movement brought me to my second husband, uh, Tom Hayden, who wrote the Port Huron Statement and founded SDS, um, the not the violent SDS, 
but he was a movement heavy, as they say. He was brilliant. He was charismatic. Mm. He'd written many books. I fell madly for him. And we were true comrades during the anti-war movement. And we did a lot of really good stuff together. And then, and I learned so much from him. And when the mm. war ended, we switched our focus to economic democracy, the fact that that corporations were really running the government. Mm. And um, in the process of shifting our focus and me trying to wrap my mind around economics, which is not my strong suit, um, I began to realize how chauvinistic the movement was, and I began mm. to focus more on women's issues, and I became friends with Gloria and with Eve Ensler and, um, you know, women who made me become an embodied feminist. Mm. And and for a long time, that's what I focus on all the time, being an environmentalist, but I didn't devote my life to that. It was more about women's empowerment and equality, and I've traveled the world on behalf of that struggle. And mm -hmm. then and then, um, I realized that the climate crisis was happening now. This wasn't a future thing. And that very specific things had to happen fast. Mm -hmm. We had to cut our emissions in half. And we had to stop all new fossil fuel projects, you know, infrastructure, no new mm -hmm. fracking or mining, and that we had to keep the warming at a certain level, or mm -hmm. we were going to, it was going to get out of control beyond what human beings could do. Tipping points were going to happen. Mm -hmm. And when it was about five years ago that I, de I decided this is the existential, you know, meaning this is what is going to determine our existence or not. And yes. women bear the brunt of it. And so yes. to confront this is also working together with women and women are the main forces and the solutions to the climate crisis for reasons that, that we could spend an hour talking just about that. <laughs> and when it hit me and it, you know, books are always my epiphany. You know, it was mm -hmm. the book about Vietnam. It was Naomi Klein's book called on fire. That mm -hmm. literally I read it. I put it down. I got on the phone. I call Annie Leonard, who is my mentor and who was at that time running Greenpeace. And I said, I'm, I'm going to, I want to move to DC and raise hell about this. I want to do something that's going to really matter. And together with Bill McKibben and Naomi Klein, we figured out what became Fire Drill Fridays. Yes. And I had been, before then, I'd been so depressed because I knew that I, I wasn't really, that was the, it was the summer that, that the sky was brown-orange in California. Yes. And were falling dead out of the sky. And it was like Armageddon. And you know, that was when I realized this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It's like this year, I can't even imagine working as an actor. This is the most important election that yes. we've ever had because it's going to determine the future. And so this is, you know, this is full time for me. Yes. And I'm surrounded by brilliant people. You know, I have a small team of about six people mm -hmm. on my Jane Fonda Climate Pack. And, and so I feel I'm working in community with mm -hmm. people that teach me every day and I'm exactly where I where I need and want to be. It's great. That's wonderful. So how can you tell for our friends listening at home who might not know um, about Fire Drill Fridays, what it is and how long you ran it and what you all were doing? Because my goodness, did I ever love 
watching you. That's like the greatest part about us being in this internet age is just being able to see what everybody's doing. And the number of times I watched you getting escorted off Capitol Hill in handcuffs, I was like, Jane's the coolest person I know. So will you, will you tell the listeners about Fire Drill Fridays? Well, um, in the 80s, uh, there was a, a movement against the uh, apartheid in South Africa. It wasn't just every week. I think it was every day. They would um, engage in civil disobedience outside the, in D.C., outside the South African embassy. Mm. And it grew huge. It got really big. And, and it worked. And so Bill McKibben, the, the founder of 350.org and brilliant writer and activist, he suggested that we copy that. Uh, mm. Only do it every Friday. If the young activists who were already, use, including Greta Thunberg, um, would welcome me into activism on Fridays. And our goal was not so much to influence the government, but we knew that about 70% of Americans are concerned about the climate. Mm-hmm. But they've never become active. They've never joined a, a rally or a protest. They said because nobody asked them. So mm. the great unasked. Our goal with Fire Drill Friday was to inspire and mobilize the unasked to become active. And yes. they came from all over the country, people who had never been part of a rally before. Mm-hmm. That was the one, one thing that I just loved about what we did. And we were in D.C. for about five months. And I also loved the fact that I would bring celebrities there who sometimes they spoke, but most of the time they were just there to interview frontline voices, mm-hmm. indigenous people, people, you know, who are the most hardest hit by the climate crisis. Yes. People whose voices aren't heard. And that I was so proud of that. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So I had to come home and we started doing Fire Drill Fridays online for two years during the COVID pandemic. And, you know, we had 9 million people in 2020, 10 million people in 2021. It was pretty great. And mm-hmm. a lot of them were turned into activists. And um, we did our last virtual Fire Drill Friday in Jan- this month, January. Wow. I was with Naomi Klein. She was there at the beginning and it was a nice full circle. And um, And then... As part of, in a way, Fire Drill Fridays, I've been working with Greenpeace on a documentary about what oil and LNG fracked gas is doing in Texas and Louisiana, mm. people to the climate, to the environment. And mm-hmm. we, so we're, we're working on that. And um, we're not doing any more virtual Fire Drill Fridays because we're, we're, we're still calling on the people that became activists, but we're focusing so much on the electoral. Yes. At the end of the five years, Annie Leonard and my team looked at each other and said, you know, the problem is this is great and we need more and more people to become active, but there are too many people in elected office, both in Washington and in states, up Mm -hmm. and down the states, who block good legislation because they take money from the fossil fuel industry. Yes. So we have to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So we started the Jane Fonda Climate Pact to elect climate champions and try to get rid of the oily Democrats who uh, the moderate Democrats who take fossil fuel money and won't vote for good legislation. Mm-hmm. And this year we're focusing on California because wonderful. we have really uh, we have 10 wonderful candidates here that mm-hmm. we need to get into office. Yeah, it's taken too long to make stuff happen here. We'll be back in just a minute after a few words from our favorite sponsors. 
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. I think that's a really important thing to point out for the folks listening. We see so much debate um, and infighting in our political system, and we do know that so many members, particularly of the right, you know, the GOP are bought and paid for by big oil and fossil fuel industries. I think 
it's incredibly important for people to know what you just brought up, that there are also folks on the Democratic side who, because our political system is so broken, because we did not defeat Citizens United, because these people have to raise, it's something crazy. It's like, you know, $40,000 a week or something just to stay in office. I mean, it's, it's wild how broken the system is. And the broken system sort of, you know, it's like it ripples out into everything in our society. We see the effects of who's making the decisions, who's paying for legislation. And the climate is not something we have time to debate about left versus right, Republican versus Democrat. We've got to unite on this. There's no planet B. There's no second option. If we warm past a point, everything changes. Crops are devastated. Food supply collapses. Clean water is over. And this will affect every single person, no matter what you look like, how you vote, where you live. But it will always affect communities of color, at-risk communities, and women first and worst. And I think for us to just agree that these facts are facts and that we've got to do something about them is one of the most pressing issues of our time. So for our friends at home, you know, Jane and I agree, and I'm sure you're all nodding your heads while you're listening to us, that we are not exaggerating when we say this really is the most important election of our time. The elections have gotten more and more fraught and more and more dangerous, and we are on this razor's edge now of making sure women get to maintain the, their rights to bodily autonomy and that all of us get to live on a planet that's actually inhabitable. So when we talk about 2024 and the incredible work that you're doing, Jane, with the Jane Fonda Climate Pack, I really hope everyone listening signs up to come with us. We've got a lot of work ahead and it is a national issue and a global issue, certainly. But for our friends in California, Jane, I would love for you to talk about what's happening with Senate Bill 1137, because what happens in California will set the tone for what happens in the rest of the country in terms of how we stand up against these big oil polluters. And so if you live here, we need your voice on this. And if you don't live here, we need you to pay attention to this race, because what happens here will definitely come for you next. So that I really want to dig into with you, because... You hosted an event recently and educated so many of us in L.A. about this. And I, I just want everybody to know what, what you're teaching us about. Thank you, Sophia. Uh, there are 2.7 million Californians live next to an oil well. Mm. They suffer because of it. Their mm -hmm. health, cancer, heart disease, lung disease, mm -hmm. asthma, kids miss months of school. And they've been fighting, and many of us with them, to create setbacks, which means a law that says no oil wells or fracking pits can come within X distance from communities. Because mm -hmm. right now they wake up and look out the window and there's an oil well right outside their bedroom or all mm -hmm. around their playing fields and so forth. And finally, Gavin Newsom, two years ago, passed a bill, signed it, Senate Bill 1137, that said mm -hmm. that created a 3,200-foot setback within which no oil wells could go. And- mm -hmm historic and a lot of celebrating. And the next week, the oil companies began to gather signatures to get a ballot measure on this year that would overturn it or prevent it from going into effect. 
And they spent $43 million gathering signatures for this. We're told they're going to spend $200 million to win. We don't know why exactly. I mean, can there be that much oil still left in these communities? But maybe it's just don't tell me what to do kind of a thing. But at any rate, they're really yeah. fighting it. Maybe because when we win, we have to win. It's going to set a precedent that they don't like. Uh -huh. um, and so we are working like hell, organizing the state in California, raising money to defeat the oil companies who are lying to people. They have wonderful slick ads saying that if if Senate Bill 1137 passes, their gases are going to go up, et cetera. It's not true. No, that's not how it works. Um, so we, but we have to, we have a person named Chris Lehman who's running our campaign, who's done 22 referendum battles and won them all. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have that. And the campaign is going to be announced in March with together Gavin Newsom and Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is really great. Wow. Um, and I'm doing a, an art auction in April right after they announce the campaign to raise a lot of money. It's on April 9th. But just be sure, you all who are watching, to vote for maintaining or creating the, the setback, the 3,200 feet. Don't yes. believe the lies that the oil companies are going to put out about why that's a bad idea because we, we can't keep doing this to people. The bill not only prevents new oil wells from coming close to, to communities, but it it, um, it it demands that the oil companies clean up the wells that are already there, make them less, you know, leaking, more safe in terms mm -hmm. of the air and everything else. Mm -hmm. So that, it's a big success. I want to say something about, you talked about the political um, situation being being broken. I've been very critical of, of Joe Biden and, and mm -hmm. I've been very angry with him. But what I've been finding out recently uh, is that there is so much being done that's fabulous and very important that it's not sexy. It's not front page news. It's little things that have to happen in order mm -hmm. for the transition to renewables to go forward. Yes. And nobody knows about it. And it just shows how critical it is that we reelect Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And also, he, I mean, example, I just spent three weeks down in Texas and Louisiana working on this documentary. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like being in the belly of the beast. It's worse than, I, I can't even describe what it's doing to the people and the environment there. And mm -hmm. um, we were going to have a big protest in DC in a week. And Friday, this last Friday, Joe Biden's administration announced they were putting a pause on LNG exports. Mm -hmm. This is huge. Huge. Yeah. It's huge. Mm -hmm. it, it throws into question the exporting of LNG, which, mm -hmm. you know, which we never used to export this stuff. It all happened, started in when Obama lifted the export ban in, in 2015. And it's it's just what it shows is that Joe Biden can be pressured. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, he creates a context where you can pressure Fascism offers no context like that. There's no terrain mm -hmm. in fascism where you can be a righteous activist and do no. the right thing and have a, an official agree with you finally. You know, it just no. doesn't work that way. So voting for him is not marrying him 
It's just a pragmatic decision that you make so that you aren't dealing with fascism. And there's no protest vote this year. We Mm -hmm. have no room for what happened in 2000, which was a push. We have to hold our nose and vote Democrat Mm -hmm. and all the way down the ballot. And I think what's incredibly important to remind people of is that because people will say, well, but I don't agree on this issue or that issue. Everybody has a fill in the blank where they say this is not the candidate of my dreams. And I get that. But you don't get to root for a team that isn't playing in the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. Pragmatism is required for progress. And to your point, we have a candidate who is a fascist who wants to um, roll back rights for everyone but rich white men and literally sell off the country for parts um, and become a dictator and has said all of this out loud. This is not exaggeration. He's said, if I win, I'm never leaving. So, okay, dictatorship. Or you have somebody who is willing to compromise, sometimes with people we don't like, which upsets us, but he's trying to get things done. He's made incredible progress, despite plenty of things we disagree with him on, you know, including the Willow Project for us climate activists. He's passed more legislation that is more comprehensive for more people in America than any president in 60 years. The Infrastructure Act has been one of the greatest revitalization projects for the nation in history. And yeah, there's all sorts of stuff we could all complain about. But to your point... When we make noise and we tell this administration what is important to us, they go and legislate on it. They go and they listen to us and they go and do the work. And that to me is the difference. You have to elect someone who is going to work on your behalf, not harm for their own gain, and then who will admit when perhaps they haven't made something a top five priority that they realize their constituency wants them to and they go do it. That's the whole point of having elected officials and representation in the first place. So I think it's incredibly important, as you said, to be pragmatic. And if we want to build this utopia we believe is possible, we have to make the pragmatic steps to get there. And if we want to have an option where we can vote for a third-party candidate, well, then we should make our one of our causes passing ranked choice voting nationally. But we can't pretend we have these possible outcomes that don't exist unless we do the work to create them. It's our job as voters to go out and pressure and and create progress. And so I say we go do it, and I say we do it this year on climate and, and on our rights as women, first and foremost. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Jane. Were your parents activists? <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. My parents, when I first started... Um, really putting my my neck out there, you know, publicly for for political projects were so nervous. But then I started to really think about, you know, where they come from. And and my dad moved here in the 70s from Canada to go to art school, was very, you know, anti-war. He it took him until I was 13 years old to become an American citizen. So when people say like, oh, do it the right way, I'm like, do you even know what that means? Like I had to help my dad study for his citizenship test when it was finally time. Um, my my mom's family immigrated through Ellis Island from Italy. You know, they they had their own American dream story. My grandfather was a Navy man. Um, a lot of 
a lot of beauty around the idea of what this country could be for people. You know, when we strive to be a more perfect union, which I think is what us activists are working towards always. And they will say, no, they weren't, but they totally were. My mom was, you know, incredibly independent and, and progressive. And, you know, my dad's this artist immigrant, like interesting man who has always sort of seen through some of the, you know, insanity, particularly in our healthcare system, because Canada has great, you know, universal health care. We spend the most on on sickness of any nation in the world, and we have the worst health outcome. So if we had a better health care system, that would be great for everyone and cheaper for the government. Um, but I, I think now in, in our sort of adult friendship that we have with each other, they're in their 70s, and, you know, I'm, I'm now in my early 40s. They they sort of see where I get it, and they think I'm an anomaly. It's a little it's a little both and. Oh, but they support you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they used to be scared. You know, to your point, yeah. the pushback is scary for parents and and for parents. You know, to read with the internet. You know the way the trolls are and the bots are. People are disgusting and. I think they were nervous, but much like you, the harder people push at me and tell me to be quiet, the more I'm like, oh, watch this. <laughs> right. And I think eventually they just went, that's our kid. Like, that's who she's going to be. Yeah, my dad was nervous, too. Mm. You know, Probably like your parents, he remembered the 50s and the witch hunts. Yes. The days, and he was worried that that was going to destroy my career. Mm. But, you know, I... Whenever I would learn something about Vietnam, like I, I had a, a young soldier, I was at a military base in Northern California, and this very young guy, he could almost not talk above a whisper, mm. trying to tell me th that he had killed a child. Oh. And, you know, the stuff that I'd heard. And I, so I would go home and tell my dad. I had no money, so I lived with my dad, you know, after I left France. And I told him about this. And he said to me, if you can prove that that's that this is true, he didn't believe it. He said they kids, they wouldn't tell you if that was true. And I said, if you can, he said, if you can prove it, I, I will lead a march on Washington. And um, so I brought some Green Berets to talk to him and wow. ours. But, it, you know, my dad, it was a generation. They it wasn't in my dad's genes to lead marches or anything like that. But but he. he he worried, however. I was friends. Anyway, that's never mind too much. I talk too much. <laughs> no, I love it. It's it's also, I think it's really powerful to, to hear stories like that, especially from someone like you. You know, you, you are this woman in our world, Jane. You've inspired so many of us. You're larger than life. And I don't know, I find it really touching and eye-opening to hear about you know, your dad just being worried about his daughter. Yeah. I, I think sometimes when you reach these upper echelons of, you know, industries, when when you are an Academy Award winner, when you are a, you know, a lifelong famous person who can call a president, who, you know, leads these marches and does these things, people forget that you're also one human woman who has persevered through fear to stand up for other people who has been willing to risk her privilege in order to weaponize that privilege on the behalf of others. That's a big deal. Privilege doesn't like to be given up. 
And I think when you are willing to say, well, if I lose it all, it was worth it for this, that, that kind of calling, much like resilience, what you were saying earlier, can't be taught. It comes from inside of you. It's a, it's a fire that, you know, maybe you know the source of, and maybe you've just learned to you let fuel yourself. But it is, it is something that really knocks us over when we look at it. And I don't know, I find it, I find it so humanizing to be reminded that your dad was like, kid, what are you doing? Be careful. And you said, I'm going to do it anyway. I think that's beautiful. I was friends with Angela Davis. And when she was put in prison here in California, I, I went and visited her. And when I came back from that visit, my dad called me into his office and he said to me, if I find out that you are a communist, I'm going to be the first person to turn you in. And I just, I remember running to my bedroom and pulling the sheets over my head and crying and crying and crying. You know, later I could look back and understand he was worried. Mm -hmm. He'd experienced Mm -hmm. the McCarthy era when people were destroyed. Yes. Well, and people who are dangerous to power are often persecuted. I mean, when you think back to Salem, women who had these whisper networks who, you know, knew medicine were, were persecuted for it. And when you think about that, terrible stain on American history, what McCarthyism did to so many people, what it accused people of, simply people who were progressive, who were not enemies to the government, but who who wanted to see change. You know, it's it's not dissimilar to what we see the the former president of the United States doing now, calling to jail and execute his detractors. You know, this this is very scary stuff. And when you look at these cycles of history, it's terrifying to be in the midst of it. And and I imagine your dad was very afraid, but I don't know what a what a cool thing from this moment to be able to look back at your legacy. You've been able to prove exactly the kind of progressive that you are, exactly the kind of American that you are. You're you're pushing us toward that more perfect union where everyone is safe and everyone is represented. And and I I think the way you've been able to teach people that, that that comes down to rights and equity and the way you've centered climate on that and, and really reminded us that that is the ground zero for our existence, it's, it's incredibly powerful. I, I, I'd get such a kick out of it if your dad could see you now, you know? Yeah. You know what makes me sad? Maybe above all else is how human beings have become so um, alienated from nature. Mm. Mm-hmm. We just we don't understand that we depend on nature for our survival, and how healing nature can be for us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if 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 that weren't the case, there would be no climate crisis. Just like right. if there was no racism or patriarchy, there'd be no climate crisis. It's part of a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's like nesting dolls with the climate. Yes. You keep discovering all the other parts to it. Yes. It it happens when people, men in particular, have a hierarchical view of everything. You know, certain things matter more than other things. Nature is way down here, along Mm -hmm. with women and dogs. But, you know, white men are are up here. It's, It's... 
These are the people who, or this is the mindset that looks at a beautiful forest and thinks, flooring. Mm. Mm -hmm. Everything is for something else that will make money transactional. Yes. And, uh, how how we, we have to work hard to get back to, to renewing our relationship with nature. That's why listening to indigenous peoples are so important. Yes. We'll be back in just a minute, but here's a word from our sponsors. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider.
How have you learned from Indigenous communities? How how did you begin to make um, inroads as a as a witness in those spaces and to uplift those voices and and what have those relationships taught you? Well, it taught me early on that just showing up is important. Mm. Showing up respectfully. Mm-hmm. The very first thing I did, I, I, uh, leaving my family in, 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 in France, and I had made a trip to India because that's where people were going, like the Beatles and Mia Farrow, to find truth. And what I found was, I don't want to join an ashram or smoke pot here. I want to join the Peace Corps. I, mm. I just realized I'm, I'm an activist. I came home and there was a magazine called Ramparts, which was a left-wing, wonderful magazine. doesn't exist anymore. With a, wo- a Native woman on the cover, her fist in the air, against a white wall that said, better red than dead. And the article was about why Indians had occupied Alcatraz. They wanted to seize Alcatraz and turn it into a cultural center. And mm. it, it talked about the history of white settlers trying to destroy a native people. And so I, I really wasn't aware. I'm, a, I'm sorry to say, I was already 31 years old. My father had been mm. in all these Westerns, but I didn't really know the history. And mm. I read it and it, it, it was an article written because of the seizure of Alcatraz. That was the, but it gave the whole history. So I said, what am I, what was I doing in India? I didn't, you know, I, I, there's issues right here I have to deal with. And so I went to Alcatraz during the occupation and, and I met a, a lot of Native American people there. Then they referred me to a fight that was going on in Seattle for fishing rights for the Salish, Kootenai, the tribes up there. That mm. was the first time I ever got arrested was seizing a fort there that they wanted to turn into a cultural center and succeeded. But I just, I went from, tribe to tribe to tribe, to reservation, and I just met a lot of Native people and talked to a lot of Native people. And um, at that time, the American Indian movement was was prominent, and they were not... They were they were not believers in holding on to the war dances and the ceremonies and the sun dances and the prayers so much. And there was a big split. Do we try to assimilate Mm. within the Indian movement, or do we maintain our our culture and our past. And Mm. then years later, being at Standing Rock and seeing how the the ceremonies and the sun dances and the prayers had helped so many young people with, with, you know, addiction and and alcoholism and so forth, that they came all the way back to wanting to embrace their traditions. And I just thought that that was very important and very beautiful because mm. I had been part of that whole transition and, and argument. So that I know enough Native American people to know that there's a unique sense of humor that I love. And it's just absolutely moving to me how they've endured an attempted genocide on behalf of the white settlers you know, being moved from land to land, having their children kidnapped, put into mm. Catholic schools and so forth. If I I feel like if I was a, an indigenous person here, I'd want to have a machine gun. And instead, as a people, they tend to want, they're still trying to teach us, mm. still willing to step up and try to teach us 
that there's another way of relating to nature and an, another way of viewing things if we're open to listening. And it's it's mm-hmm. why, you know, with Fire Drill Friday, there were so many indigenous voices, especially young indigenous voices that I had mm-hmm. on. And it was it was really beautiful. Yeah. One of the sometimes when I'm trying to learn, you know, as, as you speak about you show up in community when people ask me, you know, how do you start? I say, find the helpers go to the people you want to learn from, show up and shut up and learn from them until you know enough to be able to speak up. And one of the things that really helps me when I'm trying to learn about a populace or a community or a particular issue is I I try to make sense of what affects me so emotionally through statistics or math, because math I find to be the only non-emotional thing. And that stat, that indigenous peoples currently make up 5% of the world's population, but are responsible for the stewardship of 85% of the planet's biodiversity. The fact that any of us are going, well, let's see what they know. It's like, no, they know everything. And, and we, and to, and to your point, we must learn how to relate better to the planet that we live on. If we would like to remain guests here, because we are, you know, the, the world, if we break it and humans can't live here anymore, the planet will recover. We just won't. And I, I hope that eventually we, uh, we pay attention in the way that, you know, you have been teaching us to pay attention to the wisdom in these communities and, for so long. You know, I love that you say, you, you say to people, uh, go to the people who you want to learn from. Yes, I I like that you call for community because you want to go fast, go alone, but you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. critical. And I love to encourage that. Yes. And I think the most powerful thing I've learned in the last, you know, 20 years of being in spaces like this is slow is fast. Because when you move quickly, when you go alone, you make mistakes and then you have to backtrack and start over and rebuild and Take that down because you did it wrong and learn a new way to do it. And if you move a little more slowly and you move in community and you really assess and build correctly, you'll get there faster in the end and you'll get there with everyone by your side. And that, you know, that, that I think changes a life. So Jane, what do you, what do you want us to do? Our, our listeners, um, our, our groups, As we get into 2024, a lot of people are nervous. A lot of people feel overwhelmed. That's, you know, by design, that's what fascism does. It makes you tired. What what do you want listeners to know? What's the one, you know, site you want people to visit or the one thing you want people to sign up for to prep in community um, for this big fight we have ahead together this year? One thing that that you can do is... Join me on my climate pack. Um, and you do that by texting Jane to 40506. Okay. I'm going to do it right now. What people need to do is join an organization that has a track record, preferably that has diversity in it. You don't want to join mm-hmm. a, an organization that's all white men. I'm sorry, but. Uh, yeah, they haven't, they haven't proven a great track record, have they? <laughs> My favorite ex-husband, Ted Turner, always says, we've had our <laughs> chance and we fucked it up. Now turn it over to women. Exactly. 
Um, Will Ferrell just said that recently too. I'm like, see, look, they're waking up. These these uh, men, leave it to us. We'll do it. Anyway, join an organization and be, and take action to to stop fossil fuels and to push us in a direction toward alternative energy, sustainable energy, meaning wind and sun and. Mm because this climate crisis is real and we have to act fast and we can make a big difference. Indeed. And and for our friends listening at home, we're going to make sure to share some links and resources with you in the show notes and also on our Instagram stories this week. So we'll we'll make everything easily shareable and, and easy to follow. Um, I really want to be respectful of your time, Jane, even though what I really want to do is just drive over to your house and sit on your couch and talk to you for the rest of the day. I would love nothing more. (laughs) Okay, great. I'm going to come over soon. (laughs) But I have, for this interview, I have one final question for you. It's my favorite thing to ask everyone who graces me with their time. I'm curious, in this moment in your life, what, what feels like your work in progress? Oh, my relationship with my children. Hmm. That's, I'm sure, sounds strange, but um, one of the things that I've learned is that it never ends um, as a parent. It's never too late. I was not such a good parent when my children were younger. They are now very much adults. They both have children. And, um, you know, when you're my age, you spend a lot of time thinking, when I'm on my deathbed, what am I going to regret and then mm. try to focus on that. And my main thing on my deathbed is going to be, do they know I love them and do they love me and are they okay? And so that's my thing. Besides mm. the climate crisis is, is trying to be okay with my kids and my grandkids. Mm. That's beautiful. Do you ever feel like because your life has had such big callings and you show up for community and in such a big global way, it it maybe takes a little longer to get into the one-on-one and the personal? And when you're always getting called and pulled in so many directions, you don't get to spend a lot of time at home, much like you talked about with your dad. And I, I think it's actually... I'm. I'm processing what you're saying in real time, so forgive that my question is becoming more of an observation, but how beautiful that you also are in a stage where you get to come back inward more. Yeah. Wow. It's not even so much having the time. It's when you do have the time, really being present. Mm. You know, as opposed to... I got to write that letter to someone or got to go to that meeting. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. when you're, when you're my, you know, my daughter was a tiny little baby when I became an activist. And so, you know, it's not right to feel justified to not be showing up because what you're doing is good. Mm. Bullshit. Mm. You've got to find a way to do both. Mm-hmm. And the chances are, if you do, both things will turn out better. <laughs> the activism and the child. That's beautiful. Yeah, there's always the opportunity to recalibrate. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All the wisdom. I you, love You always bring it. I love talking to you, Jane. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you.
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.